Have you ever been disappointed with God or even angry at Him? Today on Awakened Grace, we're going to be in the book of Jeremiah, and we're going to show you how you handle times of disappointment. Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Roberts, and I'm so glad you're joining me today because we are studying the book of Jeremiah, chapter 20. We're going to see the darkest hour of Jeremiah's life. We're going to see how he talked to God, and surprisingly, God doesn't cut it out of the Bible. We're going to see some really hard things that Jeremiah prayed, and perhaps you felt this way in times or seasons of your life, or even at this moment. If you are someone who you are struggling, or you know someone who, just quite frankly, they're angry at God, they're disappointed in Him, they're upset with Him, well, this would be a great sermon to share with them. Today we're going to talk about how Jeremiah climbed out of the dark valley he was in, and we're going to see the incredible hope that is in this scripture, particularly where Jeremiah says God's word is in his heart as though it were fire shut up in his bones. I'm glad you're joining me today on Awaken to Grace. Jeremiah chapter 20. Today we conclude our series called Kindling. We've been talking over the last few weeks about God being able to set our hearts ablaze for the glory of God. We've made great distinctions between emotionalism, sensationalism, and what true fire does in a believer's life. We've made these great distinctions to show that the fire of God is far more than an emotional feeling or some kind of crazy sensation. Know what it does? The fire of God burns out sin in our life. The fire of God burns in permanence. It burns in endurance into our spiritual walk. And today I want to talk about a man who learned how to endure. I want to talk about a man who, in a natural sense, his life was marked with failure. I want to talk about a man who nearly threw in the towel, who almost walked away from God because of the pain, because of the sorrow that he faced. This man is the great prophet Jeremiah out of the Old Testament. The book, he wrote the book of Jeremiah, and he also wrote the book of Lamentations. And in the book of Jeremiah, there are six great laments from this prophet. He lived a hard life. It was difficult. The nation was in such darkness. The nation was in such idolatry that God tasked Jeremiah to pronounce judgment upon the nation. To prophesy the captivity of the Babylonian Empire. And Jeremiah had such a harsh message from God Almighty that people hated him. People scorned him. They beat him and they persecute him. And this is where we find ourselves in chapter 20 of Jeremiah. He has just delivered a very hard prophecy in chapter 19. 
The Bible, if you read chapter 19, God instructs him to take a large flask or a large glass jar. And he takes this jar and he gathers the elders of Israel. And he says, you are stiff-necked. You are hard-hearted. You are full of idolatry. How many of you know that's not going to win you preacher of the year? And God instructed him to pronounce the judgment and say what God has pronounced cannot be undone. And God told him to take that jar and break it on the ground and say it's done and it cannot be undone. This is where you and I pick up in chapter 20. Verse number 1, the priest named Pasher was there when Jeremiah preached. And he didn't like what he had to say. And verse 1 says, after he heard these things, he did not, after Jeremiah had, 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 in other words, chapter 19, this is a direct flow. And verse 2 says that Pasher had Jeremiah beaten and had him put into stocks. Now, in those days when you were put into stocks with your head and your arms and, and, and hands, they twisted your entire body. Jeremiah apparently spent all night in the stocks for verse 3 talks about when he was released the next day. So apparently he had to stay all night in this horrible, twisted position. No doubt it was immensely painful. But far greater than the physical pain of the beating, far greater than the physical pain of the twisting of the stocks. When you get to verse 7, verses 3 through Six, he gives the prophecy to pasture and that he would die in captivity in Babylon. But verse 7, Jeremiah goes into the darkest place he had ever been with God. Jeremiah, who is a mighty man of God, who is the prophet of God, had six great laments in the book of Jeremiah. This is the sixth and final one. I'm happy to tell you that the Lord brought him through it. And I'm going to show you how God brought him through it. I'm happy to tell you that after this, there are no more laments in the book of Jeremiah. As a matter of fact, Jeremiah will go on to give us such amazing scriptures as Jeremiah 33.3, where the Lord says, Call to me, and I will answer thee, and show you great and mighty things which you did not know. He would go on to tell us, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Wow. So there's a great deal of hope that comes. But right now, in this moment, in this season, Jeremiah is very twisted. Not only in his body, not only in physical pain, but in spiritual agony. I know in my heart, as God has put this scripture in my heart and in my spirit, I know today that I'm talking to many people who you feel the same way. You may not be in twisted in stocks, but you, you, you're twisted mentally today, and you're in pain. You're twisted spiritually, and you're in agony. You're twisted in certain relationships, and it has you questioning the goodness of God. It has you questioning the power of God. It has you questioning the purposes of God. I know in my heart today, because the Lord has shown me this, that there are even men of God watching today, or even perhaps in the building today. You know I'm blind as a bat. I can't see anything. 
I can't read a Bible. I can't see a computer or television. I can't see any light whatsoever. I can look directly into the sunlight and I see nothing. I have no idea who's in the building today. I don't know who's watching online. But what I do know is the Holy Spirit spoke to me this week and said there are some who are called to ministry, but you're no longer in ministry. There are some who you once faithfully preached the word of God, but you no longer preach. Well, let me tell you about this man named Jeremiah, who I think you will identify with. In in chapter 20, verse 7, Jeremiah says something to God that is quite shocking to me. You know, it's actually amazing to me that God allows so much of his word to be shown to us. He doesn't cut hard scriptures out of the Bible. Isn't that something? And Jeremiah says something unbelievable to the Lord. Look what he says, verse 7. He says, you have deceived me. Now that's a shocking statement. You have deceived me, he says to the Lord. You are stronger than I and you have prevailed. Do you know what he's saying? Do you know what this man of God is saying to Yahweh, the Lord God Almighty? He's saying, you tricked me. You set me up for failure. You told me you were going to use me. You told me that I would be effective. You told me that you were going to help me. And what you've done, God, is you've set me up and you have absolutely deceived me. Can you believe that's in the Bible? Can you believe that? See, you have to go to chapter 1 to understand Jeremiah's background. In chapter 1, God tells him, God says, I have ordained you out of your mother's womb. Before you were formed, I chose you. And I declared you a prophet unto the nations. He tells him in chapter 1, verse 18, he says, you're going to be like a fortified city, Jeremiah. You're going to be like iron bars, Jeremiah. You're going to be like walls of bronze, Jeremiah. And he says, no man is going to stand against you, and I am going to be with you. But see, now Jeremiah's come out of the stocks. He's come out of a beating. He's been humiliated. And now he looks over to God and says, God, do you remember those promises that you gave me? Where are they? Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever been that raw with God? Have you ever felt as though God disappointed you? That God let you down? That God could have intervened if he so chose. But he chose not to. Jeremiah lived in the darkest day of Israel's Old Testament history. Jeremiah lived in a day that, listen, he lived through five kings of Judah. Jeremiah prophesied to the nation of Israel for 40 years. And I want you to note this. Listen, the scholars tell us, out of those 40 years, he never saw one convert. Out of 40 years, he never saw any repentance. Can you imagine what a failure that he felt like? And here he is, all night in the stocks, 
After being beaten for what God had told him to do. After suffering, after he was faithful unto God. And here his body's twisted and his head is locked and his hands and arms are locked. Can you imagine what's going through his mind all night? God, where is your faithfulness? And I know in my heart there's some of you saying the same thing. You're questioning today. You're doubting today. You're asking God, if you're so good, then why do I not see your goodness? If prayer changes things, then why have I not seen things change? And you can identify with Jeremiah. Look at verse 8. He goes on to say, God, your word. Now think of this, the precious word of God. He says, God, your word has become a reproach to me. Do you feel that way, preacher? You faithfully preached his word, but now it feels like a reproach. It feel, look, look at these words. It feels like a reproach to me, like derision. Oh, but look at verse 9. I want you to watch this. Verse number nine, he says, but even if I don't speak in this name, in other words, even if I throw in the towel, even if I walk away, even if I say I'm done, even if I say the pressure's too great, even if I say life is too overwhelming, even if I say I see no results, I see no repentance, I have no converts, I don't see God moving in any way. Do you know what he says in verse 9? He says, but in my heart, as though it were fire, shut up in my bones. Friends, do you know what made all the difference in the darkest hour of Jeremiah's life? Do you know what made all the difference in Jeremiah's ministry? Do you know what made all the difference in this moment of great despair and great lament? Do you know what made the difference? The word of God. He said, the word is like fire in my heart, shut up in my bones. And I want to propose to you today, those of you who feel as though you're in despair, those of you who feel like God has quit on you, those of you who feel like God has failed in his promises to you, those of you who feel like the promises of God will never be fulfilled, what God said, what he promised you, I want to tell you, nothing will bring fire back into your heart, back into your life other than the word of God. That will... Make all the difference in the world. And today, if you feel abandoned by God, if you feel let down by God, let me tell you where you are to look. You're not to look to other people. Do you realize that? Because you know, you know, who, will lo- you know who will let you down quicker than anyone? Other people. You're not to look at the circumstances and the situations of your life because those will change. Good or bad. If you're in a good place today, I'm so sorry to tell you, but things will change. And if you're in a difficult place today, I'm pleased to tell you, things will change. What I'm really saying today is that whatever chapter of life you find yourself in right now today, or whatever chapter of ministry you're in right now today, I'm very pleased to tell you it's not the end of your story. 
It's not the end of the book. Do you realize that God has a calling on every single believer today? Every one of us. Go with me, if you will. Just, just flip over with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. And if you don't have this verse highlighted or starred or asterisked or underlined or, I don't know, do something. Make it jump out. Sometimes Christians will say, well, should, well, should I write in the Bible? Oh, absolutely. Listen, you know what Charles Spurgeon said? Charles Spurgeon said, people whose Bibles are falling apart usually means their lives are not. That's a good saying. Is your Bible falling apart? It ought to be. Your Bible should be so well worn. You say, Chad, I use, I use my phone now. Well, I get it. I do too. You, you know, all of my scripture reading has to be electronic now. So I understand that. But listen, the word of God always should have such an influence on your life. It should have such a big part of your life. Look with me, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Who saved us? Oh, you could stop right there and you could just thank the Lord over and over and over. Amen? Who saved us? But he didn't stop there. Look at the next phrase. Who called us to a holy calling. Do you see that? (laughs) Now say amen if you're with me right now. Who called us to a holy calling. See, you may say, well, I'm no Jeremiah, Chad. God didn't choose me out of my mother's womb, Chad. God didn't ordain me out of my mother's womb, Chad. Oh, you're wrong, my friend. Read the text. Verse 9. Who saved us, who called us to a holy calling that he gave us through Jesus Christ. And when did God give such a calling? Before the ages of the world ever began. You are as ordained, you are as called by God as Jeremiah himself out of his mother's womb. There's a calling on you. There's a gifting in you. There's a responsibility upon you. There's opportunities around you that God so desires to use you. Robert Murray McChain said it so well in the 1800s. A holy man, a holy woman is a mighty weapon in the hands of God. You have a holy calling. You say, Chad, I, I, I don't feel any calling. How much holiness is in you? Chad, I don't, I don't sense the presence of God. Well, how much holiness do you have? Chad, I, I, don't, I don't feel like my prayers are effective. I don't feel like I walk with God. I don't feel like, I, like, uh, like I'm near God. How much holiness is in your life? Friends, I'm telling you, God's going to, I believe we're in a day, I believe we're in an hour where God is going to call his people to holiness, not comfort. 
Who's God going to use in this hour? It's not those who you've got your salary where you want it. You've got your 401k. You've got your nest egg. You've got your assets where you want them. You're right where you want to be in life. You're as comfortable as you can be. Let me tell you, it's not those that God's going to use. It's those who seek holiness. Who understand God has a holy calling on my life. Yes, God may use you in your trade. God may use you in your profession. God may, listen, you may have amazing skill sets. And you may get great compensation for your skill sets. Glory to God for it. Honor God with it. Glorify God with it. But let me tell you, I don't care how poor you are. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care what stage of life you're in. I don't care how long or how short you've been walking with God. God has called Called you to holiness. There's a holy calling on your life. And if you're not seeking holiness, you're twisted today. You're out of shape today. You're bent the wrong way today. That's why David prayed in the Psalms, incline my heart. That word incline means to bend my heart toward God. Incline my heart toward you. Bend my heart toward the things of God. And I ask you today to take inventory of your life. Take inventory of your home. Do you surround yourself with the things of God? Are the things of God at your fingertips? Or is there more worldliness there than there are righteousness there? I'm telling you, God's going to raise up in this hour. God's going to raise up a righteous people. Will you be one of them? God's going to raise up righteousness in this country. Will you be one of them? So, understand there's a holy calling on you. Understand it came through Jesus Christ. Understand God gave it before the foundations of the world were ever laid. Before the ages ever came, God knew you and God called you. Amen. You are as ordained. You are as called by God as Jeremiah himself. Now go back to Jeremiah 20. Verse number nine, what is the fire shut up in his bones? What is the fire tucked away into his heart? What is that fire? Friends, it's the word of God. Let me share with you today, friends, nothing will stoke the fire of God in you except his word. It's his word. You know, I'm often... In one sense, I'm so thrilled when people love our church. I mean, that, you know, people wear our shirts. Uh, people drink our coffee mugs. <laughs> they play our app. I got an email this week from a man in California. I have no idea who he is, but sent such a wonderful message and said they're using Awaken to Grace in their men's Bible study. Some, I don't even know where it is in California. They're getting ready to go through Acts. <laughs> well, we got about two years of content for you. I get messages all the time of the influence that this ministry is having in people. And I appreciate that, and I, I love that. But, but let me tell you, the church doesn't bring fire to your soul. It can't. As gifted as our worship team is, they can't bring fire to your soul. As wonderful of an organization, as strong of a structure as what we have, 
all of the layers of leadership that, you know, God gave me a vision. Isn't that odd for a blind man to have a vision? <laughs> but the Lord did. I, I saw it. We were, this was middle of October, and God showed me. I, I mean, I saw it with great clarity, very vivid. God showed me this massive wall of these beautiful stones. I mean, just hewed out stones. It was this huge, thick wall. And when the Lord showed me that, the Lord said, Chad, you're going to build a wall of leadership around preaching Christ church that's going to protect it for years to come. Amen. And as much as I love this church, I mean, I eat, sleep, breathe everything, this ministry. But the ministry falls short. The ministry cannot bring fire to me. Only the word of God produces that. So where are you today? I mean, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're watching online. I'm glad you're listening. I'm glad you're following this, this ministry. I'm glad that we're speaking into your life. I'm, I'm glad for all of that. I, I want you, to, I want you to, to love all the things that we put out and create and produce. But, but friends, that's not fire. It's the word of God that changes you. It's the word of God that will sustain you. It's the word of God that will lift you out of despair. It's the word of God that will bring light when you're in darkness. It's the word of God that produces hope when you're desponding. It's the word of God, that and that alone. So how committed are you to the word? How committed are you to staying faithful with God? I'll begin to close here. Jeremiah's life was hard. He prophesied for 40 years with no results. He prophesied harsh judgment, which was the Babylonian captivity. He had a hard life. And do you know, do you know where Jeremiah died? He was carried off into captivity to Egypt. And he died in Egypt. In my mind's eye, with my imagination, I imagine what it was like for Jeremiah to stand before the Lord. I imagine with my vivid imagination that God told Jeremiah, let's review your life. Let's review your ministry. I picture Jeremiah's head dropping. I picture Jeremiah thinking to himself that there were no results. It was futile. No one listened. No one repented. What am I going to have to show the Lord Jesus? I imagine in my mind's eye, God saying, Jeremiah, lift your head. Let me show you what I'm going to call the book. Of Jeremiah. Let me show you what I'm going to call the book of Lamentations. 
And let me show you the ages to come. And let me show you generation after generation after generation of believers who are going to give their lives to me, who are going to walk in holiness, who are going to gain encouragement because of your life and because of your ministry. Friends, the chapter you're in is not the end of the book. God is writing a story through you. God is taking your sorrow. God is taking your disappointment. God is taking your regrets. And he's writing a story. So you don't worry about the outcome. You don't worry about the results. You don't worry about the things that you can't see. Boy, how the Lord's teaching me that right now. You stay faithful to the word of God. Don't look around you. For heaven's sake, don't look within you. Look to the word of God. Keep your heart, keep your mind, keep your nose, keep your ears, keep your eyes squarely on scripture. And let me tell you, I'll tell you on the authority of scripture, let me tell you what it will do. It'll produce a fire in you. And with that holy fire, you won't quit. You won't back down. You won't give up. You'll have a resolution about you that Satan will look at your life and shake his head and say, what are we going to do? We can't do nothing with him. We can't do nothing with her because they won't quit. Where are you today? Where are you? You about to throw in the towel? Have you already walked away? You find yourself twisted in the stalks of life? You find yourself disappointed with God? Friends, look to His Word. Scholars tell us there are some 7,000 promises in the precious Word of God. Every day this week, read His Word. Every morning, every afternoon, read His Word. Every evening, every night, have His Word in your heart. And friends, I'm telling you, I am telling you, I'm telling you, there is a holy fire that God will share with you. That fire that John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize with water, but the one coming after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That fire that on the day on Mount Carmel with the altar soaked with water and Elijah called down the fire of God out of heaven. That fire that as Moses was a broken man on the backside of a desert tending his father-in-law's sheep trying to hide from all of the world and yet God Almighty found him and spoke to him out of the fiery burning bush and said, Moses, Moses. 
Friends, there's a fire that God wants to give you. And for those of you that are on the brink of quitting, let me speak to you, Jeremiah. You who are called before the foundations of the world were ever laid. You who are saved with a holy calling of God, let me speak to you. It's too soon to quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Let God produce fire. And out of your heart, as though it were, fire shut up in your bones. God's going to use you. He's going to restore you. God, I pray for every person hearing this sermon. that you will bring the change into our lives that we so desperately need. Rescue us. Help us. Produce fire inside of us.